podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 10-12 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and non-sports, a great collection of podcasts. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It is Thursday. That means we're making picks for all the Big 12 games coming up this weekend that do not involve FCS opponents. That does, of course, include games for the four schools who will be joining the Big 12 Conference in 2023. I do not do this alone. You're welcome. Joining me as they do every week, our pro picker himself, Daniel Alexander. What's up, guys? Great to be here. Uh, I'd like to have another winning week. I think I had a winning week. You did. You did. We will uh, break that down here in just a few minutes. And the LGGOG himself, Chris Ross. How are you? There was nowhere to go it up. I think I had a pretty decent week last week or... You know, compared to the first week, I won't I won't call last week decent, but it was okay. It was better than week one. Yes, that's not that's the that's not, the takeaway. Wasn't a high bar, but definitely definitely better than week one. Uh, we will recap that in just a few minutes. A few pieces of note that I want to hit on: uh, Big Twelve, After Dark champs, BYU, UCF. Or I'm sorry, BYU and Baylor. Huge numbers. The best after like late night show they've had in a few years. Take that, Pac-12 after dark. That's what <laughs> happens when you put on football that people actually want to watch, including their fans. Haha. <laughs> the best part about this is the Big 12 conference tweeting this out. Why does that matter? Because the Big 12 is leaning into the younger, hipper cooler that new commissioner Brett Yarmark said at Big 12 Media Days, they are being spicy on social. And that may not seem like a big deal, but they have never been spicy before, and they are now. And um, talking to some people, it is it is a uh, it is an objective to be more aggressive and progressive about promoting the Big 12 on social media, where the young, the hip, and the cool are. Look, I, I, I will run with that hashtag because I love it every day. It is silly as all get out but it is ours and you just got to own those things. Yeah. The one thing I don't understand about the whole thing is why is the big 12 and the Pac 12 taking shot at, at each other? Like I, I understand they're fighting for survival, but they're kind of in the same boat and the big 10 and the SEC are the ones and ESPN are the ones that put them there. They should be not working together, but you know, just keep in mind who the real quote unquote enemy is. At this point, I don't feel like the Big 12 is necessarily going after the Pac-12. The Big 12 had a fantastic performance after dark. They had um, the the UCF and Louisville game that was on Friday of last week was the best Friday night game that ESPN has had. I believe it was 2013, in almost a decade, in almost a decade. Um, at this point, the Big 12 is just touting itself when it does well. And if that comes at the expense of the Pac-12, that's fine. You know, the Pac-12 has touted that the after dark thing is a big thing for them. It's it's a it's a value point that the Big 12 doesn't have, except it, it does now. Now, not every week, but it still has that as a value point. So I think at this point, it's just the Big 12 roostering when it has the opportunity to do so. You've seen them talking about them having the best non-conference winning percentage thus far of any Power 5 conference or any Power Conference. They're just, they are going to tout themselves however they have to on social media to get the word out there that the Big 12 
is not dead. It's not dying. It's doing quite well. Uh, the big news on Wednesday, uh, the SEC came out and advised that the University of Georgia and University of Tennessee postpone or cancel their scheduled uh, non-conference football games versus Oklahoma because of Oklahoma eventually joining the SEC, quote, because the second non-conference game in each of the Georgia-Oklahoma and Tennessee-Oklahoma series were scheduled to take place after Oklahoma joined the SEC in 2025. The conference is directing the postponement of the Georgia-Oklahoma game in 23, the Oklahoma at Tennessee game in 24. I know there's a lot of people speculating that, oh, that means Oklahoma's joining early. It means they're joining early. That's no, a very it, large. It, it means no, they it want to avoid last week. They they can't have Alabama scraping a win out against Texas. No, this is very much just making sure you don't have weird schedule stuff down the line. The OU has LSU on the non-conference schedule. That will get wiped out. Um, that This stuff just has to be dealt with because, look, I am of the standpoint that OU and Texas probably join in 24. They will be here for one year with a 14-team conference, and then they will probably be able to leave early. I think that is probably going to be in the best interest. The Big 12 wants the four incoming teams to be able to play Oklahoma and Texas to show off how good that they will be by playing OU and Texas. Like I just, This is not a sign to me. This, If OU and Texas leave early, this isn't a sign of that happening. This is just, hey, the return games are never going to get played. It messes up those contracts. Just wipe those out. And reminder... Texas and Alabama are supposed to play in Tuscaloosa next season. If uh, if that game gets played or not, Alabama owes Texas a million dollars. They're not asking Texas and Alabama to cancel that game. It will get played. This is just preparing to wipe out two non, uh, non-conference series that are going to be an issue down the line when Oklahoma and Texas join in 2025. Again, I think they will join early. I don't think it's next season. I don't think this is some harbinger that OU and Texas are bolting for the SEC after this uh, athletic year in the summer of 23. But that's just my takeaway. I don't think I'm the only one. I think everyone's so excited to be like, oh, could it be? Could it? I don't. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. It's fine. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Again, I lean 24. Other than that, oh man, I'm excited for this week. I am excited for this week. I'm excited for some of the games on this schedule. I'm excited for some of the narratives that are coming in. I mean, I'm going to keep hammering game day. I know you're going to, to boo North Carolina because of what App State did to A&M last week. Bravo. Props to you. We've never been to Lawrence, Kansas. And we could have a 3-0 Duke versus 3-0 Kansas and Lawrence. I'm just going to keep hammering that. It could happen. We could have that at the end of the day Saturday. We'll talk about that game, obviously, uh, coming up here in a few minutes. Let's recap last week. Daniel was our big winner. He went 6-3. and three, Hit on the under 61.5 in UCF Louisville. Hit on BYU minus 3. Hit on Iowa State plus 3.5. Hit on Kansas plus 13.5. Hit on Oklahoma State minus 11. And hit on Georgia State uh, plus 23.5 at Nebraska. That was a straight upset. <laughs> uh, missed on the over 65 and a half in Texas, Alabama. Missed on the over 57 in Kansas State, Missouri. And missed on the over 72 and a half in Oklahoma, Kent State. Uh, and then Houston plus three. Texas Tech one by three. That was just a, uh, what do we call it? Push. That's a push. Get your money back. Oh, yeah. Uh, six, three, and one brings your total to 10, eight, and one. On the season, Daniel, how do you feel about after uh, after week two? Feeling good, plugged in to the conference. Uh, you know, at least I feel like it right now. Um, you know, I've got a good feel for some teams. You know, I'm high on Kansas. I've been saying that 
even before the season pod, love them come with a straight up win. Um, K state. Hey, look, we have that over a little bit of a bad beat. I know they had the big weather delay. Uh, K state did all that work. You know, they almost went over by themselves. Very sad. Actually hats off to K state. Just keep Missouri to almost nothing. Missouri is, that's a competent offense. So that was a, a, that was a stronger showing than I think people are talking about for that K state game. But Anyway, that could go on and on, but those are two teams I really like going into the year. It's good to see them doing well. Agreed. Chris, second place this week. Good job, sir. Hit on Texas plus 20. Well, well, well. Hit on Kansas State minus 7.5. Hit on Kansas plus 13.5. Hit on Oklahoma State minus 11. And hit on Hawaii plus 51.5 versus Michigan. Missed on UCF minus 5.5. Missed on Baylor plus 3. Missed on Iowa minus 3.5. And missed on the over 33, or OU by 33 and a half versus Kent State. And of course, Houston plus three was a push. Five, four, and one last week brings you to seven, 11, and one. A winning week, sir. Nice bounce back after a very disappointing week one. Yeah, I mean, I needed it still below 500. Don't like to be there. So uh, have some ground to make up. I agree with Daniel. The Kansas State win was very impressive. Um, I don't know what's going on with OU right now. That That was not great. And what, what was the other one? Oh, the Texas game. I, I believe verbatim I said it felt like it was going to be closer than we think. And I didn't like that. It was my immediate gut reaction was to bet the over. You know, to, be, to bet Cal, or, well, words, to bet Alabama to cover. And it just felt off. I figured there in Austin something weird was going to happen. I did not see Texas almost getting the win. That would have been unreal and weekend that was just crazy across the board those are those are some pretty wild upsets last weekend but i love it it's college football yeah i'm curious this week and we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk about this as we go on after a big upset week and daniel i'm curious if you have any numbers on this after a big upset week you know everyone i think from a betting standpoint gets kind of upset minded maybe not the pros who have a lot of numbers to back up their stuff but kind of like you me or chris or some of the casuals mm-hmm. uh get kind of excited, like, oh, we're so excited for upsets. But, oh, I would pick this one and this one and this one. And I, I don't feel like when you have a big week loaded with some marquee upsets like we did last week, it's not common to see that back-to-back. So I, I, I'm i wondering if things kind of level out and aren't nearly as exciting from an upset standpoint this weekend compared to last week. And I'm curious if the numbers kind of back that up from both a betting standpoint and from just, like, how, how trends go. Yeah, I also, like... I get that feeling, right? I wanted to say before Daniel gives his answer because like I'm going to be wrong. And obviously Daniel knows a lot more about this. But I, I agree with you, Philip, where it feels like when you have a wild week like that, the next one or two weeks is very pedestrian. It just pretty much goes as expected, except for maybe last season. I felt like we had several like back-to-back weeks of upsets. But uh, yeah, Daniel, like... Uh, you know, look, what do we have? We have App State. App State had the big win against Texas A&M. Washington State, they had the big win against Wisconsin. Uh, there was another big one. I guess Georgia Southern versus my, uh, Nebraska. There was one more. There was one more, like, really big one. Oh, Marshall, uh, right? Marshall, Marshall beating Notre yeah. Dame. Which is, um, would have been the, the story of the week, except for all the other craziness. That right. You know, I, I, believe it or not, uh, and what, what's funny this week is that three of those teams have come back, and now they're big favorites this week. So, uh, you know, Marshall, Washington State, and then App State, these guys all won as big dogs last week, straight up. And now this week they're laying big points. Uh, I did some work on that this week. Surprisingly, 
those teams actually sort of do well the following week. You know, there's a lot of talk of here comes a big letdown or which I totally understand. Right. Marshall goes, uh, it, you know, into Notre Dame, they win the game straight up and then they have to go on the road the following week to Bowling Green and win by, you know, 17 or 18 points. It's hard to do get these kids to focus. And, but historically speaking, those teams actually do pretty well the following week. So now in regards to like, you know, are there going to be more upsets or not? I don't know. I, I don't have any straight numbers on that. You know, is, is Ohio going to beat Iowa state straight up this week? You know, as 18 point dog, you know, you know, are they, are they wow. going to, or not going Why are you to because... call the cyclones out like that? <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, I'm trying to keep this right in. Wow, you're just putting that out there. The hey, we, we are here. we're aware how Daniel feels about Matt Campbell. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, I love. Hey, what did I say? He's a great hunter. Let's yeah. get the yeah. t-shirt going, dude. He's yeah. the best. He's one of the best. I feel like in college football, it's like when you're not suspecting him to do well, and you give him eight or ten points, it's like this guy's winning the game. And you ask him to go win by twenty against a team like Ohio, and it's like, what are you guys doing? You know. Yeah. Anyway. So. If, we, if we had a marketing team, I would have had a duck hunt graphic made with Matt Campbell's face on on the the dog shooting down a, a Hawkeye in the little uh, pixelated graphics. I would have had that made and ready to load all on social. Unfortunately, uh, it's me and I ain't got time for that. Uh, but it would have been cool. It would have been super cool to have that. You know, if, if anyone's looking for a, an unpaid internship. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, uh, okay, myself, myself, a rough week for me. Three, six, and one, not great. Uh, hit on Iowa State, plus, uh, plus three and a half. Hit on the under 72 and a half in OU, Kent State. And hit on Oregon State, minus one versus Fresno State. That, into the game, as the clock expires, Final play, go for it, get the touchdown from Oregon State over Fresno State. It was just fantastic. Just fantastic. I am I am a I'm a Beavers fan. I am this season. And I like them, but I definitely am this season. Missed on UCF minus five and a half. Missed on the over fifty three in Baylor BYU. Missed on Bama minus twenty in Texas Alabama. Missed on the over fifty seven in Kansas State, Missouri. Missed on West Virginia minus thirteen and a half. I did not like that one, but I just wanted to go against you guys. That's what I get. Uh, you're welcome. I guess is really what I'm saying is <laughs> I went against you. Congrats to Kansas. You're welcome. Uh, missed on over fifty eight in Oklahoma State, Arizona State. OSU's defense stepped back up, and then I had Texas Tech minus three, but of course Texas Tech uh, won that game by three, so it was a push. Thanks a lot, Raiders. Uh, congrats to you on that one. Uh, that brings my total to nine, nine and one. I am sitting at 500 on the season, not below. So I'm still good. I'm not in red waters just yet. We've got plenty of opportunities for me to bounce back this week. Plenty of opportunities to bounce back this week. Then those are coming up in just a minute. Hail West Virginia. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. 
Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. All right. We do this in chronological order that we'll throw our game of the week somewhere in here secretly. Ooh, I wonder where it'll be. Uh, but let's kick things off with what was one of the most interesting games maybe of the week coming into the season. Now, it is interesting because I, I have to ask you a question, Daniel, on this one. We're going to start off with Oklahoma traveling to Nebraska in what once was a great historic rivalry and now is rarely played. OU is an 11.5-point favorite-ish. Uh, OU opened as a 16-point favorite. The over-under in this is 66.5. Daniel, uh, is this just the Scott Frost factor to you? To see Oklahoma go from a 16-point favorite and this continue to drop all the way down to 11, a full f- 11 or 11 and a half, a full five points? Uh, th- this is a fascinating line, and we're just watching it open and how it's been bet all week. Um, all the money came in on Nebraska when this thing opened at 16, and it was still coming in even at, uh, you know, at 14, 13. Uh, I-, I think a pretty big group hit this uh, around 12 and a half even. So there's two things going on here. Number one, there's a lot of chatter that like, hey, you know, Nebraska has talent and Scott Frost was actually holding them back. And there is a little bit people people do feel like there's an angle when a a coach who's been under sort of a lot of scrutiny. You know, there's maybe I'll use the word drama, maybe within, uh, you you know, organization or, or a school with the head coach that when they finally move on from him, the players can breathe a little bit. Maybe, you know, guys play a little better. I don't know if I believe in that angle or not, or if I put value in it against the spread, but that is a real angle that people talk about. So that's one half of it, right? Nebraska is going to be better now that Scott Frost is gone, is a thought. The other school of thought that isn't being talked about enough is um, Oklahoma now has played two games where they should have had no resistance. You know, they've, they've played eight quarters of football, but they should have more or less done whatever they want. But it just hasn't happened yet. You know, with UTEP, it was kind of like, okay, they're going to get it rolling. Last week with Kent State, um, at least offensively, something's not right. Something's not adding up in Oklahoma. And so the market reacted to that. It's like they're going to go on the road against, you know, in theory, a better opponent than a UTEP or a Kent State. And it's like they got to go win by 17. It's like these guys had trouble scoring, you know, four touchdowns against Kent State. And that something is fishy in Oklahoma. I can't put my finger yet on it. Defense is playing very well. Uh, Actually, the defense is playing off the charts metrically. The tough part is they've done eight quarters of doing it against UTEP and Kent State. So we don't know what we have. So there you go. A long winding road that gets us to now sort of a minus 11 and a minus 10 and a half situation. Frankly, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think of either team this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Daniel, you were a big winner last week. Now that you've given us this beautiful explanation, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, What, what would you like to do here, sir? I'm just going to go right to it. And I'm going to take the under on this thing. We're sitting at 66 and a half. Um, I do. I suspect Oklahoma's defense is a little bit for real this year. I'm, I'm not going to go make some bold claim right now and say they have, you know, some amazing top five in the country. Although the way they're currently performing, it would look like it because of their opponents. Uh, I'm also, 
going to say, you know, Nebraska might stumble a little bit out of the gates. Uh, there's a lot of problems with Oklahoma's offense. I think Nebraska is going to be able to, you know, sort of keep them in check a little bit. This 66 and a half feels a touch too high for this game. This thing's going to end like in the high 50s, low 60s. So give me the under. All right, under 66 and a half. Chris? Yeah, this game's really tough to pick because, you know, like Daniel hit on a lot of it, right? When you have the team with kind of the weight off their shoulders, you know, the they're they're like that 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 stress is gone. They're moving on, and they you can just play a little more free, like a little more, um, you know, not much to lose at this point, right? Uh, the season's kind of not what people thought. A lot of people writing it off. They can just go out and have fun and play, and then you have a big rival coming in that everybody's telling you can't beat. You haven't played them forever. Like the stadium is going to be hype for this. If the team gives them anything, the stadium will be hype. And we just saw Texas, Alabama. What can happen? Does anybody think Texas is a one point worse than Alabama? You know, nine times out of 10, probably not. Um, So it, it's really hard. I, I, man, oh, you can cover this and they can cover this easily based on what we think we know. But based on what we've seen, maybe. Oh my gosh, I, I, I thought I was gonna be really smart, and I noticed that that under looks kind of high at sixty six for this game, and what we've seen out of these teams, and everything about this line is suspicious. It's it got bet down to suspiciously low. Oh, you can win this game by two touchdowns easy. They can win it by three or four. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Daniel. I'm going to take the under because I really don't want to take a side in it. Fair enough. Uh, looking at EPA per play, Oklahoma at this point on offense is sixth in the country in total EPA on offense and 35th on defense. Meanwhile, Nebraska is 20th on offense. The offense has not necessarily been the problem. It was in game one. It's looked much better the last two games. Defense overall 104th. Now, part of that is last week. I mean, good grief. That was I mean, bad. they Nebraska even gave up a ton to North Dakota, you know, in their FCS yeah. game. It's like they were just – North Dakota was hanging with them score for score. I I think Oklahoma's offense has been fairly efficient, though not as potent as we would expect it to be. And I think the defense has been pretty sound. Uh, granted, we again, not the best opponents. Nebraska is going to be the best offense they've seen. There's a real case to make that Nebraska is the worst defense they have seen so far this year. So the question becomes, who is Oklahoma? Are they going to hold Nebraska down and let them score? Are they going to put up quite a few points on Nebraska? Man. I'm, like, like the weird thing about this line is it's basically saying that Nebraska is going to keep it close with a bunch of points scored. And I just don't see that happening at all. Your concern is the back is like the backdoor cover, right? And, uh, yeah. and Nebraska's and Nebraska has played close games this season. They have been in close games. I think that's part of it is the issue with Scott Frost was not that they couldn't be in games was they couldn't overcome close. They could they just lost all the close games. They couldn't win close games. And so if Nebraska who lost a ton of close games last year, losing close games again this year, one score games, could be in another, they were in a one-score game with OU last year, could be in another one-score game with Oklahoma, 
the question just is, and, and so that that makes you say, okay, you take the Nebraska side because it's not a matter of not being in games and they're getting blown out. They're just in one-score games that they can't overcome. We saw last year TCU fired their head coach, Coach P gone. Everybody's in a good mood. Go on the and TCU pulls off an upset over Baylor. Texas Tech, Matt Wells is gone, pulls off an upset win. Right? There's that whole like fire your head coach effect where okay, now we're gonna be everyone's gonna be excited and happy. Things are gonna be great. This is a team of mercenaries. They brought in a ton of players from the transfer portal, so it's not like you got a bunch of players there who are all super loyal to to Scott Frost and are gonna be like ah oh, shucks, I can't believe Scott Frost is gone now. Like maybe they do play OU well. Um, and at 16, it did feel like way too big a line. 11 and a half, man. Basically, you're saying, can Nebraska keep it within 10? Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of the thought process here. I do think this will be a higher scoring game. I do think Nebraska can put up points. I do think OU is going to be able to put up points uh, on a Nebraska defense that's really bad. I, man. All right. I'm going to take Nebraska plus 11 and a half and keep this close again. Stay in a close game. Um and see what they do. Like I, I really I like thought you were going to take 16. the. I thought you were going to take the over there and go off. I I, I I I'm going to take Nebraska to cover. Right? I I, I, mean, I hey. think they can keep this. I think there's a very very real threat of a backdoor cover here and Nebraska getting it within like ten at the end of the game. And and but it being one of those games where it's a two touchdown game score all game long. You know, it's it, it OU keeps the Nebraska at arm's length. Nebraska gets to score late, makes it look closer than it it should be. And then we move on to the next week. We'll see. Yeah, there's no way I'd ever actually put money on this game. Though. No, stay away, stay away, stay away. Uh, Baylor, and that's the thing. A lot of the games this week, there are way too many games this week with massive lines, um, big double-digit lines. First big one right here, Baylor hosting Texas State. This is about a 30-point spread, over-under at 53. Chris, what side oh. do you want here? Man, who knows? I was. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, at least you're. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just have not been impressed with Baylor so far. I don't know what's going on. I mean, like last week they won big against nobody, but I I wanted more out of last them. week. They lost to BYU. I mean, I meant the week before. Oh, um, FCS team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I I don't know what it is. I I expected more out of them last week at BYU. And it, it wasn't – I watched some of that game, and it was just ugly. It just didn't look good. There's nothing good about that game. I didn't. I don't think BYU played super well or anything. Um, I think Baylor just – they don't They don't look like the best team in the Big 12. I don't know who does, but they don't. That said, you know, it's Texas State. What's the over-under? <laughs> I might go, I'll go all over-unders this week. 53 Ooh. it was it opened at 47 and a half and has bumped all you know that's where we have the big line if texas state scores at all i'm gonna take 50 i'm gonna take the over chris never took over unders for like three years and now we're seeing these from him i'm i'm proud of you man i, I gotta that's make good. moves i gotta make some moves and this is a tough week to do it because i'm suspicious of almost every line this week i don't like any of the picks this is a week we're gonna find out and kind of look back on a couple of weeks from now, this is a tough week because we think we know from the first two weeks, but we're going to find out. We really don't know. This, this is why we, on Monday we will have our, uh, we'll really evaluate teams. Uh, Cause I yeah. think we're really going to know 
who teams are a lot more. Man, Texas State, it's hard to figure them out. Um, they opened at Nevada, who is bad. They lost 38-14. to Then they played FIU at home. They won 41-12. to uh, Who knows what this Texas State team is? I don't know. They're not very good. That's my opinion. Baylor should be looking at this game as an opportunity to work on the offense that has been disappointing. Uh, Blake Shapin hangs on to the ball too long. Offensive line... Not as bad as maybe some fans want to think, but isn't playing as well as we expected coming into the season. Wide receiver weapons, they're hard to replace. They haven't fully done it yet. Running back weapons, hard to replace. Haven't quite done it yet. This Baylor offense is not clicking on all cylinders. Now, they ran the ball better in the second half against BYU than they did the first half, but this definitely feels like an opportunity for kind of a get-right game after last week. An opportunity for Baylor to kind of work on things and keep the offense out there probably maybe a little bit longer than you would you would think that they would, but just to make sure everything is running smoothly. 30 is such a good grief. Well, they can maybe find a, a kicker. Lot. Yeah, that would help too. 30 is a lot of points, man. 30 is a lot to win by. Should they? Should, should, should but, Baylor win this? Does that feel this? like a trap? It, it felt like a trap to me. That's why I went over under. Yeah, because I'm like, so with over under 53... I mean, I, I kind of lean with you. Like, I, I thought they hit the over 53 last week with BYU and Baylor, but BYU played great defense. Texas State's not going to do that. I think Baylor's going to want to work on the offense. I think Texas State can score a little bit. Um, man. Uh, Chris, you, you I'm going to ride with you. I'm on the over 53 here. Um, I, I don't trust Baylor's offense in this situation, but I really think they have got to work on it. And I do think Texas State will be able to put up a touchdown. And if they can just do that... I think we'll be okay. Daniel? Um, believe it or not, straight to the point, I'm rolling with Baylor here to cover. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, they found a kicker. Well, like, people beating them up for that BYU game. Look, BYU has a great team this year. Like, mm-hmm. people aren't talking about them yet, but, like, I think the problem is, Saturday. is it looked ugly. That, I think that's the big problem. You didn't get just it was like, also late. by a better team. It just sure. it didn't look good. It also I mean, didn't end until 2 a.m. BYU is a good team. They're not backing down from anybody. We're going to get to the, them again, obviously, with the Oregon game coming up. But um, look, Baylor, they're not in some sort of look-ahead spot. They're going to Iowa State next week. So home against uh, – <laughs> <This laughs> I got to get my shots Iowa in. State. I got to get my shots in. Look, Baylor's at home. Um Dave's been a big fave like this twice since he's taken over, you know, we'll say against D1 schools. Um, cover both times. Uh, you know, you get these giant spreads. He, he's 2-0 and against them. He keeps his foot on the gas. This is going to be like a 45-7 type situation, uh, you know, 44-10, to something like that. Baylor's going to cover the spread, so give it to me, Baylor. I got a 29-and-a-half at Circa. Will you let me have it? Of course. I'll give you 20. I mean, I, I would see okay with 45 10. Yeah, that's over. Sure. I, it would be good for Baylor to put up 45 points. It would. Yeah. Um, again, they got to work on this offense. They've got to get some things I mean, figured out. Honestly, what, what, what Daniel's saying is that's a performance we really need to see from Baylor this week. Yes. Now, it, it might not it, mean much because yeah. Texas State, I don't think, is good, but they, they, they need it. Uh, yeah. All right. It's time for our game of the week. Game of the week presented by Prize Picks, your source for uh, for daily fantasy uh, props. 
This will be Texas Tech on the road at NC State. I, I thought about BYU at, at Oregon, but we just did a BYU game last week. Not Kansas at Houston? Man, I thought about that one too. I thought about that one too. But I this is a big opportunity for Texas Tech. Um, I think NC State is overrated. I don't care what they did against an FCS opponent last week. I remember the fact that they only beat in uh, ECU in week one because the kicker couldn't kick an extra point or a field goal. Two opportunities for East Carolina to win. Texas Tech on the road at NC State, a 10-point dog over under at 54. This one's bet. This over under has been bet way down, about five and a half points. Uh, let's see here. It's me. I'm up. I'm going to be honest here. I don't buy NC State. I think they're overrated. I do think they're a good team, but they were so overhyped coming into the season. They were an ACC champion darling. Oh, look what they have. They've got a nice defense. They do have a nice defense. I don't buy their offense. Uh, That week one game, maybe it was a weird fluky on the road, quit opening the season on the road at local schools, ACC schools. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe they've righted the ship. Maybe maybe they're somewhere between week one and the FCS blowout in week two. Maybe that's the reality. Uh, Donovan Smith didn't look great last week for Texas Tech, but he got them the win, got to be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Not sure he should have been. Uh, Lowest QBR in the Big 12 last week. All of that said, you know what? I'm taking Texas Tech. I'm going to take Texas Tech plus 10. I think that they will cover this. I think I'm at worst going to get a push here. And I think that they might be able to actually go on the road to pull off this win. Again, I'm not buying NC State. Maybe they look a whole lot better than week one, playing at home, getting a big 12 team coming in. But I'm going to take the Red Raiders plus 10 in this one. Uh, Daniel. Tough matchup. Uh, Devin Leary sort of a quiet Heisman hopeful for NC State. Had a monster game last week. Had an okay game in week one. Uh, Texas Tech, what, they had like a fourth and 20 at one point against Houston last week. I thought that game was over. I, I, I was in the book, and I looked away for a little bit and looked back, and it's like, oh, we're still rolling here. I don't know what to think. I, I'm either going under or I'm going NC State. I lean a little bit more to the under because I think NC State – He's going to try to play that game, keep the ball away. They're not going to go light at the scoreboard with Devin Leary. Unfortunately, they run too much for how good of a quarterback they have. I mean, they have like a, a you know, potential first-round quarterback, potential Heisman situation, most accurate passer in all of college football, and, and they run the ball like they've got Barry Sanders or something back there. It's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm going to take the under on this. NC State, they're going to try to slow this thing down. The under's been smashed a ton. You know, this thing's dropped four or five points. 54 and a half is probably about right. Uh, I'm not going to have any money on this. So this isn't like some big conviction on me. But this feels like, uh, you know, 28-20 type situation. You know, NC State scoring in the high 20s and winning the game low 30s. So give me that under. All right. Chris? Yeah. I mean, this one, another tough matchup. What do we know you were talking about, you know, you got, you're not that impressed with NC State at 16 in the country. You know who I'm not impressed with? Houston. And Texas Tech got that win at home. This is on the road. I think it's a little bit different. I actually I like NC State to cover this at home. Um, I think Texas Tech is going to be a decent team this year, but they're not. I, I, 
Yeah, I'm going to take the Wolfpack. I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to take them to cover. All right. Yeah, I mean, j- just to help boost you up here, Chris, on this thing, it's like NC State, it's a little bit of a big win, or a big game, a little bit out mm-hmm. of conference. They're at home, but next week, there's no look ahead situation here. They, they scheduled Connecticut for next week. So it's like <laughs> they, they, they brought the game in with, with Texas Tech out of conference, at home, stay at home for Connecticut for their matchup against Clemson. So. I think it's a good situational home spot for NC State. All right. This, of course, is our prize pick game of the week. Prize picks is the best legal and easy way to play daily fantasy player props. You sign up with the promo code NETWORK12. Receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit $50, you're going to get $50. If you deposit $1, you're going to get $1. If you deposit $100, you'll get $100. Sign up, make a deposit, pick between two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. They've got college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and so much more. Love prize picks. Our prize picks pick of the week, of course comes from this game. Donovan Smith, as we mentioned, Texas Tech quarterback on the road Saturday night. Over, under, one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, Chris, Daniel, you are both 2-0 and in our prize picks. Uh, prop, player prop, I am 1-1. One and one. Chris, does, uh, does Donovan Smith go over or under one and a half passing touchdowns on Saturday? I'm going to go over. I think I've gone over my first two picks. I feel like there's going to be points scored in this game. There's a decent chance they at least pick up two passing touchdowns. When was the last time a Texas Tech quarterback didn't get two passing touchdowns? Yeah, uh, I, I like him to get that. I, I I still think NC State gets the win, covers, but I'm going to go over. Okay, Daniel, I'm going under, baby. Oh wow, under all the way. I think I'm going to ride with Daniel here and go under. I actually think Donovan Smith might be able to not get one through the air and one on the ground, and then someone will also punch one in as well. I like the uh, I like Texas Tech in this one. I think the under is probably a good side on this one, so I don't see a whole lot of passing touchdowns, so I will take the under. I think he gets one through the air, but I think he does get one on the ground as well. So remember sure to pri- sign up for prize picks. Love having them as a partner here on the show and as part of the network. Do not forget your promo code NETWORK12 when you download Prize Picks, the app. Put your first deposit in. Get your deposit match. Go make some player prop picks. Love this stuff. Absolutely love it. All right, let's move on down the list. Cincinnati, the Bearcats facing Miami of Ohio. Cincinnati right now. A 22-point favorite against the team from the MAC. Hold up, I'm trying to find the over-under. I lost it. It, like, updated and moved. Aha, uh, over-under is about 50. Daniel, you're up, sir. Where do you want to go here? Uh, it's a tough matchup. Miami, Ohio, not coming out showing real well. They sort of even struggled last week against Robert Morris for the first half. Uh, they did pretty much nothing against Kentucky. Week one, Cincinnati. I don't know if I'm sold on them. They hung around with Arkansas. Arkansas showed us that they're they're a, a competent, solid team. You know, last week since they're coming off blowing out Kennesaw State or something like that last week. This, 
Uh, this feels like an underspot to me. Cincinnati's already been hit. But some group, big syndicate hit Cincinnati on like 20 and a half or 21. I think they probably cover this game just because Miami of Ohio has just been so inept on offense. And you got a little bit of a good defensive comp between Kentucky and Cincinnati. So it's like, you know, Miami, Ohio, are they going to score sort of around 14, 17 points or something like that? I'm going to lean towards the under. I think Cincinnati is going to clamp down. I'm not, you know, it's, it's a tough game. It's going to be an ugly game. Miami, Ohio's offense is terrible. I just don't know what we're going to get from Cincinnati. I'm going to have no money on this in real life. Give me the under. I can get you 50 and a half. I'll take that. Like it. Yeah. Okay. Chris? Can I buy a point? <laughs> no yeah this is a that's that's a tough line i don't like the line it's uh hmm. and, and i think people forget this being an in-state game even though i mean they're not equal as the you know it can make a game closer than it should be oklahoma state's played tulsa enough times to know that hmm but I, i'm gonna take cincinnati to cover oh gosh that feels wrong <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to take the over. It's 50. I think that's a little low. I'm going to take the over. 57-14 final. You get Cincinnati yeah. to the over. I get you 50. <clears throat> right, shop around. So I, yeah. I got a, I got an under 50 and a half and an over 50. All right. Was that like three over-unders for me now? Yes. You and, and Daniel <laughs> both. I, I'm, I'm so proud of you both. Uh, Yeah, look. Cincinnati playing an FCS team. Congrats. Um, They played fairly well against Arkansas. I thought considering everything Cincinnati had to replace from last year and how good I think Arkansas is and has started to and oh, like I, I'm not going to come away from that Cincinnati Arkansas game in week one on the road in Fayetteville and be like, yeah, Cincinnati's not, not for real. Like they lost so much off last year's team. That's that you're not Cincinnati's not the kind of a program that's ready to just reload, right? They're going to have to, they're going to have to figure some things out. Miami of Ohio, who the heck knows? Uh, they played Robert Morris, one big 31-14, went on the road to Kentucky to open the season, lost 37-13. to It's so hard after weeks one and two to figure out who teams actually are. Like I said, a lot of big lines, a lot of stay away in real life. Um, uh, I will take... Man, I don't, I don't like it. I think this is a game where Cincinnati covers. I think they pull away late. I think it's close, and I'm sweating it for at least a half, if not three quarters. But I feel like this is one of those games where they'll they'll pull away late. Miami of Ohio won't be able to do as much in the second half because I do think Cincinnati's got a good defense. Um, as far as the over-under, I think Cincinnati's hit the over twice now. So, I, you know, we'll see. I think uh, – I think, uh... I think Miami, Ohio is undefeated against the spread right now, 2 0. Oof. No, no, no. They didn't. Robert, no, they're, they're spreading against Robert Morris was like 28 or 30 or something. I, uh, I don't count. We're not going to, like, if you tell me they're 2 0 and they play an FCS, you team, know what? They're, I one just go, they're 1 0. I, I go off of the cover sheets, you know. I understand. Oh. Yeah. FCS teams bringing all that. <laughs> all right. Iowa State coming off their Cyhawk victory. Finally getting that one off their backs. 18-point favorite versus Ohio. Not to be confused with Miami of Ohio, which I think I did. How many teams are Monday. in Ohio? A few. <laughs> I know. I'm just... Over-under at 47. Chris, you're up, man. What you want to do here? I, uh, 
I'm going to take Iowa State to not look that great. And I think Ohio covers. I think Iowa State gets the win. But this is maybe a little let down. Maybe partied a little bit. That's a tough game. Stole the win. You know, live it up. Happy you got it. Uh, I... I picked against Iowa State last week, and I said I want to see it first. This isn't a, a comment to them. I am definitely not Daniel where I'm hating on Iowa State. I just think <laughs> it's a situational game where Ohio can take advantage of maybe a little bit of a letdown and keep it closer than, than it really should be. Um, not a condemnation of Iowa State, but I'm going to take Ohio. Okay. I'll keep this simple. I hate these giant spreads. I don't like that I took Cincinnati minus 22, but I did it anyways. Um, I know this total's not very high at only 47. Ooh, I see a 47 and a half. Daniel? Mm, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it okay. to you. Yeah, DraftKings. Looks like DraftKings is hanging out. I'll give it Perfect. To you. So I'm taking the under because Iowa State is too. The under has wait, hit. Wait, the under or the over? The under. Oh, I see a 48. That's you a do? better number than, yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. I will take that. I'll take under 48 because the under has 2-0 for Iowa State so far this season. Yes, I know they played Iowa in week two and the uh, the under. There's not an over-under. You could set low enough to not hit the under against Iowa this season. So that said, I'll take the under in this one. I know it's under 48. That's low. Um, I, Ohio might do enough to push this over and, and make me regret it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with the under. If you think this is going to be ugly, Chris, I think that's because it's a low-scoring game. So I'll take yeah. under 48. And Daniel? also, am I oh. am I tripping here, or is 1 p.m. Central like a weird kickoff time? No, they have been staggering times more this season, and I really noticed it last week, which only made last Saturday that much better because you would finish a game and you could go watch the end of another exciting game, and then you could watch the end of another. Like it feels like the start times across all the networks are a little more staggered this year, and it's it's perfect, it's beautiful, it's exactly what you want because. If your game ends and there's something exciting happening on another channel, you want to be able to go get it and watch that last few minutes of that game. I think it's great. I'm, give me one o'clock. Give me one thirty. Give me twelve forty-five. Give me three o'clock. Give me staggered times all throughout the day so I can be tuning to game. Like basically, then it's like red zone after the morning. You're just like, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. now that you say that, that okay. makes a lot of sense. I, I, that's a, I think that's a smart move. That's brilliant move. Yeah, if you've got a great game and it's yeah. coming down to the end of the wire. And you want people to tune to your game? Sure, it would be nice if some of the other ones were already over and there wasn't as much competition. Like that's that's good for your TV. Yeah. So if this one's close, one. fire up ESPN Plus. Fired up. A lot of ESPN Plus this week. Daniel, what you going with here? Got some good news for you, Philip. Uh, I'm coming with you on the under. Uh, I, I bring this angle up every year, and you know, I I dust it off once or twice to use it and uh, to take it. So uh, we got a 48. Look, Jack Tri Stadium. My data goes back to 2006 when the wind is more than seven miles an hour, the under is 40 and 23, regardless of what the number is. So uh, we're going to have 16, 15 mile an hour crosswinds this week. Um, I also just, uh, you, you know, I, we talk about it all the time. The hunter, the hunted, he's going to, he's not going to blow this team out in this situation. Uh, oh, you know, they might cover it. When I say he's not going to blow it out, Iowa State's not going and putting up like high 30s or anything in this game. They're going to be sort of in the, the this, this could age high well. 20s range. <laughs> what? I'm just saying they go out and put up like 35. Oh, sure. I, I, I will be very surprised if Iowa State goes out and lights up the scoreboard. If they pull like a Kansas Same. State last week, I'll, I'll be very surprised. Coming off the win they just had, coming home, they have a, a Baylor on tap. It's like, get out there, get the win, go home. 
under 48 with this wind. Yeah, is it? It could be stormy for this game too, right? I'm not showing it a storm. I mean, uh, I'm not the weatherman or anything, but like, I'm just showing. I'm just showing wind. Precipit, no, it's pretty pretty low percentage chance right now. Precipitation looks like. okay. I think that I was. Just, I, well, Ames Ames Iowa forecast for Saturday: sixty percent chance of precipitation, eighty five degrees. It's looking like rain with a wind of fourteen miles per hour. Yeah, it looks like maybe something comes in right at kickoff. Oh, dude, I'll, I'm gonna have some real money. You know what? We I'm gonna go hammer this under right now. You know, I think we're sitting. At, we're sitting at forty eight. Because look, if you watch, I think I might betting, join you. <laughs> no, you you watch these betting markets, and it's like Saturday morning. This thing all of a sudden it gets hit hard to 47, 46 and a half. The game's going off at forty six, and it's just because people are turning on their TV and they're seeing rain. So you know what I hate about it though is I. I get that you're you're right, but I look at that over under 47 and a half or whatever you got it 48. at. 48. Okay, 48. And that's the lowest under we've had. And then to go under that, ah, man, college football is so tough. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on down. Uh, let's see. Kansas State hosting Tulane, looking to go 3-0 in non-conference. Keep this, uh, keep this trend rolling. 14-point favorite. Over the green wave, we're going to have throwback helmets for Kansas State. If Tulane comes out with their green wave helmet, we're going to have the best helmet-on-helmet matchup in college football this weekend and potentially this season. That Kansas State throwback helmet is so good. Over, under. Open to 54 and a half is all the way, all the way down to 48 and a half. I am up first. I'm going to make this simple. I'm taking the under 48 and a half. Why would I do another under on the game score that that low? Because Kansas State is two, the under has hit 2-0. Uh, the under for Tulane. 2-0 and on the season. I believe in Kansas State's defense. I believe in their offense, and they might accidentally score 48 all by themselves. But, I, again, part of why Kansas State was able to put up so many points against Missouri last week was that Missouri had four, state, four straight drives that ended with an interception. I will take the under 48 and a half in this game. I think the under will continue. And usually it's a pretty good side for Kansas State, even as high, as, as potent as their offense seems to be this season. Daniel. Yeah, so there's going to be some crazy weather, right, uh, this K-State game. I'm, I'm dialing up here. What do we got? 20, 21, 22-mile-an-hour crosswinds. Like, so that's why this total has been hammered the way it has. Um, now, with that extreme total drop, we've also had some people buying a lot of Tulane, right, because you, you have less less implied points to be scored. They're going to go grab all that Tulane 17, uh, Tulane 14 and a half. I actually think this line has gotten a little too short. Tulane yeah, to 20. Yeah. So it was a 20 point favorite. Now it's all the way down to 14. Tulane is trying to run sort of like, I don't know what you want to call it, sort of their version of like an air raid. And uh, they had plenty of success with it. Whatever week they ran against UMass. I just feel like K-State defense is going to be uh, between the wind and K-State's defense. I feel like it's going to be a little too much for Tulane. I don't know that they're going to be able to be successful in offense. And on the flip side, You've got a K-State team that all very well. So if this team has, uh, you know, a 14, 17-point lead late in the third into the fourth quarter, they're going to be able to run the ball into lane and push this out to like 20, 24 points that they're up by. So uh, this line got a little too short. K-State's going to just boa constrictor them in the second half. They're covering the 14. Chris? Yeah, I like that pick. Um, but I don't like your pick, Philip. That's uh, I, I I see what you're saying, 
I see what you're saying. And I think it's a valid argument. The problem is, in all their games so far, Tulane and Kansas State, they're both doing all the scoring. I think uh, Tulane's averaging 47 points a game and Kansas State's at 37 points a game. There could be some points scored here. Like Daniel said, Tulane trying to air it out a little bit. Now, Kansas State, we know the traditional style of playing, but they are putting up points. They ran it up against Missouri. The over under only at is 48. I don't, I don't, I haven't shopped it, so I don't know if I can get under that, but I, I'm going to take the over. I see a couple of 48, so I can give you that. Okay. Man, 20, like 22 mile an hour wins. They're getting extreme. I, I, you know, I'm so excited to see this yeah. game, see what unfolds on the field here. It, it's, it's weird because. Living in Oklahoma, 22-mile-per-hour winds really doesn't even sound that bad. It sounds like a nice day outside. And I remember the one thing that always stick in my memory is hyping up. It was Oklahoma State at Texas Tech with Brandon Whedon, and there were 44-mile-an-hour, 45-mile-an-hour crosswinds. And would the Oklahoma State passing offense, would, you know, it was going to be crippled. They weren't going to be able to, you know, do much in that wind. And they shredded. It was like 49 to nothing at halftime. And the wind just wasn't a factor. And so I'm a little reluctant to put too much into 22 miles an hour. You know, I mean, yes, it's going to be a little windy, but I don't think it's going to affect the football that much. I love it. Fair enough. I would like to note that EPA per play on defense, Kansas State is currently number seven in the country. Shout out to CFB-Graphs.com. From our good friend Parker Fleming. All right, moving on down. This was going to be game of the week. I really thought about it. BYU on the road at Oregon. The Cougars coming off their win over Baylor. A three and a half point dog over under 58. Or Daniel, I believe you're first. We're going to cut right to the chase here. BYU is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking them to cover the whatever plus three and a half, plus four, whatever we got. I'll, I I'll think Circa's got a four. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there is, look, something, Oregon feels like there's something not right there. You know, there's a big culture shift going on and not a bad one. Just, you know, we have a whole S an SEC staff has, has come in and they're trying to be West coast guys and, and do their thing recruiting. And I don't know yet that the switch has happened. You know, I, it's hard to tell who's bought in. I mean, Georgia, that was just such an embarrassing loss. It's hard to tell what you even got. And they scored a ton of points last week against Eastern Washington. Anyone who's plugged in out here West Coast, it's like Eastern Washington right now is a junior college team. So anything that you look at and say, oh, look what Oregon did. It's like that's they were having practice against, you know, kids who can't hang or compete at all. I make this game BYU minus two. I understand why the line is where it's at. But BYU is going to win this game. Much better team, much more complete team. Something right now stinks in Eugene. Yeah. BYU should be the favorites here. BYU covers. Chris? Yeah, we, we saw this show last year, right? Um, they were last season against Arizona. They were the dog. They got the win. Next week, 21 Utah. They were dog. They got the win. Same thing as 19th ranked Arizona State. There's no reason they can't win these back-to-back games. The only thing I don't like about it is this one's on the road, and that's a little bit different. Getting the win on the roads is a little bit different. And BYU plays really, really well at home. 
but I don't know if it's if it transfers all the way. I mean, who's going to put money on Oregon after that loss to Georgia? That was so bad. Oh, man. There's sharp people. I mean, sharps are betting Oregon right now. That yeah. line opened three. I mean, it's a three it, and a half or four. It looks like EFI you know, likes Oregon a little bit. I think I think BYU can get this. Here's what I'm going to play. There's an over-under. I've taken a lot of over-unders. Not doing it again, actually, so no. Um, I'm going to take Oregon to cover, and then I'm happy either way. Three and a half is the best I can get you. That'll work. Um, yeah, I see a lot of the metrics favor Oregon slightly. Slightly. Um, I don't I don't think they've quite adjusted to Oregon yet, um, and I think BYU is underrated. Daniel, I'm with you. I think BYU actually wins this game. I, I remind you, they, the BYU beat Baylor without their two best pass catchers, and I believe they should have them back versus Oregon. Um, that's going to make a big impact. Mind you, this opens a three-point line in favor of Oregon. Home field advantage is three points. This is this is basically a pick If this is being played in Provo, BYU, this might be a, just a pick line, or BYU would be favored. I, I Look, yeah, I mean, BYU, if this is a Provo, I would take I would take BYU. I'm, I am taking. I, I think BYU straight up wins this game. I, 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 the BYU will get tripped up somewhere this season. I, I think they will. I, I, they could go undefeated, but I, you know, as good as they were last year, they got tripped up by by Boise State at home, and it wasn't even a good Boise State team. So, will they get tripped up somewhere? Possibly. Uh, I don't think it's here. I think it'll be later in the season. So, I, I will take BYU plus four. I think they win this game as well. That, of course, would be an upset. One thing that's not an upset is when you are rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel there is from Home Field Apparel, official sponsor here of the 1012 Podcast, and the 1012 Network. The promo code NETWORK12 gets you 15% off your first order. That is a valuable thing to have because there's no way you're going to go there and buy one thing. Maybe you'll just buy multiple things for your school, of which they have every Big 12 school current and future. That includes BYU, and they have some really really good BYU gear. The crossed arms BYU vintage Cougar tee is quite good. They've also got a fight in Cougars tee that I'm a big fan of. Of course, every Big 12 team they have available. They've got the most comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies. You're not going to buy just one thing. You're going to buy multiple. And maybe you want to buy multiple from multiple schools because if once you look at yours, you're going to want to shop around and check out everything they have, including the new core collection, which is logo-less t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies because they are that stinking comfortable i am wearing one of my kansas state what my kansas state wildcats vintage t-shirt right now and i'm i am the most comfortable in these things when i'm at home so homefieldapparel.com promo code network 12 gets you 15 percent off your first order on great great vintage apparel from the good brand don't forget to follow them on twitter be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this college football season and college basketball season coming very soon. Boom. Bosco's Boys is here. I think we all wanted it. And the marriage is officially official. I'm so pumped to bring my show to the 1012 Network. Bosco's Boys. The most consistent K-State podcast out there. Over four years with at least one episode a week bringing live shows to the listeners and to the participants every Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
I'm pumped to be here, and I would love it if you guys came over to Bosco's Boys and gave us a listen. Because we are not Big J Journos. This is a podcast by a fan and his dog for fellow K-State and Big 12 fans. And I can't wait to chop it up with all the members and fans of the 1012 Network. The other game I considered for the Big 12 game of the week, Kansas, 2-0 Kansas on the road to Houston, who's coming off two straight overtime games, one triple, one double. The Cougs, a nine-point favorite over the Jayhawks, over under at 57. Chris, you're up first, man. Soon to be 3-0 Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go. I'm taking KU Rock Chalk. I mean... (laughs) I hope they get the win. You know, I really hope Kansas gets the win here. I they I got to reward them for their effort this so far this season. It's amazing what they did last week. Unbelievable. And like I said earlier, Houston has not impressed me. They have not looked like the team we expected them to be. And this could be one where can like can you know the reality hits for Kansas, but right now I think they believe in themselves. I think that this program has turned around and they figured out how to win. They figured out how to score points. And if they come out, punch Houston in the mouth, I don't know how, how confident Houston is right now. Give me the Jayhawks. I agree with you. I think that the Kansas is the right side, but here's what I will say. Kansas defense is, is better but still suspect. Their offense is legit. Kansas's offense is legit. Houston's defense has been a little bit suspect. It's been good. They can force turnovers, but it's been a little bit suspect. Their offense is a little hit and miss, but it's been pretty good. The over has hit. It's 2-0 and for Houston. The over has hit. It's 2-0 and for Kansas. This over underline is just 57, which just feels a little bit low for this game. I think we're going to have something similar to Kansas-West Virginia. I think we're going to have a high-scoring affair because Houston's offense should put up some points against this Kansas defense. It's okay, but not great. And I think, I believe in Kansas's offense. It, I don't think it's a fluke. I think it is quite good. Jan, Daniels had the best QBR in the Big 12 last week in their win over West Virginia. I think Kansas is the right side of this. I do think they can pull off this upset. Uh, I think this will be a close back and forth game. I'm taking the over 57 in this one. And I just, I I want to acknowledge real quick that that Kansas took a game to overtime and won by 13 points. How do you win an overtime (laughs) game by 13 points? The rare double digit overtime victory. Yes. I'm happy to break it down for you, but. (laughs) <laughs> see you 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 score no, I, first no, I, yeah I and then saw you get it. a pick I, I, I saw it. uh daniel what do you want here man man i i wish i had some some awesome you know angle or, or reason to take kansas but i mean well documented i've loved them all year i love them coming into the season um uh, you know i'm not gonna pound my chest and say hey they're gonna go win this game i i think they're gonna be competitive i'm taking them to cover but part of that too Dude, does Dana Holgerson must hate his quarterback and wide receiver room? It's, it's so crazy to me. Like, I metrically speaking, those guys can go do whatever they want on offense through the air, and they're just not doing it. And, and I'm so yeah. confused. There, there's something. There's something behind the scenes that we're not that we don't know. There's an injury. There's uh, drama. There's like some recruiting drama where you know he he doesn't want someone to succeed, and that stuff happens. We don't hear about it. So. 
it's like they, they should have covered UTSA. They should have beat Texas Tech. They're one and one with like, I'm going to say a little bit of a sluggish offense through two games. And Kansas has all the momentum in the world. I'm not going to make a claim that they're going to win like they did last week against West Virginia, where I thought they had a shot, but I do think they hang. I think this is a competitive game. Houston winning by six or seven or something like that seems, you know, totally reasonable. Four point win along 35, 31, something like that. That's what it feels like. Give me Kansas to cover. I like it. I like it very much. Okay. Moving on down the line, Texas coming off their near win over Alabama. 12 and a half point favorite over Meep, Meep, UTSA coming into Austin as the dog. Uh, we have an over under in this game. Uh, I'm doing that. I think it's delayed. you. 60 and a half. <laughs> 60 and a half. Um, no, actually, Daniel is up oh. first. Is that right? No, Daniel. Who went first last time? Chris? Yeah, it is me. It is me. Sorry, I was delaying because I was trying to find the over-under. Um, here's the question I have for Texas. Congratulations on allowing a victory to slip from your fingers against Alabama. Putting Congratulations on almost winning. Uh, every, you got Heisman. It's nothing to be ashamed about that. Uh, the crowd was incredible. The defense played lights out. We have seen performances like that from Texas before during this very disappointing era for them since the end of, of Mac Brown. And then they turn around and are kind of like, okay, like, you know, they, they don't carry that forward. There was a very key hold that let that Heisman quote play happen. No, there was also a safety that should have been called a safety that didn't happen, but also Texas shouldn't have, you know, bobbled a, uh, it, it, whatever that we can nitpick over 20 different things that game, Texas, let it go. Texas 12 and a half point favorite. I, I like UTSA. I, oh man. Is, is Texas going to continue to perform like that? Have they turned a corner? I'm not going to believe that they have until I've seen it for not one, but two more weeks. That means against UTSA this week and against Texas Tech next week. This open is a 14 point line. It's been bad all the way down to 12, 12 and a half. I, I'm going to take meet me plus 12 and a half. I just, I Texas fans don't show up for non marquee games. You know, like they just, they don't, that stadium's not going to be as excited. Um, obviously they're not going to want to win, lose to UTSA. UTSA should be feisty in this game. At least Texas is going to win like they are, but I can see UTSA finding a way to cover this 12 and a half point spread because I'm not going to buy Texas is going to play like that every game until I've seen it again, three weeks in a row. We've seen it once. I need two more. I'll take UTSA. Daniel. It's a tough one. Everyone wants to go fade Texas, you know, after their hard fought game last week, big letdown spots. But what there's a like sort of a underlying thing going on here is that Texas has been a little bit of an under team so far this year. They put the clamps on ULM, which was not hard to do, but they did it. They didn't let ULM come out and, you know, go score 24 points and send the game over. Look, win or lose, epic defensive performance last week by Texas. And, and, you know, metrics, whatever. It's like, 
dude, that Bama offense is five star everywhere you look. Every single kid can break away. Every single kid can catch. It's like awesome job. In a little bit of a look ahead spot, in my opinion, you know, they've got Texas Tech, just a little bit of an in state rivalry type game. They've got UTSA, which I get it. It's in state. I don't want to hear people complaining about to me. But UTSA is a step under Texas. This is going to be an under game. Texas is going to be able to hold UTSA. And this game's going to stay under. Everyone's feeling the over. Everyone's betting the over. This game's going under. Under 16 and a half. Okay. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a tough spot for Texas here. With Texas Tech up next, coming off that emotional um, Alabama game where clearly they put everything into trying to get that win. The, the, fan, the crowd turned out. We'll see if they turn out for UTSA. Uh, this feels like a spot that UTSA could catch Texas kind of napping. I mean, UTSA is good enough to do that. You look at their games, they're they, – I mean, they beat Army in overtime. They played Houston tight. They lost in overtime. Apparently, they don't know how to play a game without overtime. Um, here's what scares me, though. And this is going to scare me for Texas about Texas for a while. It didn't really occur to me until during the game. And I saw Gary Patterson on the sideline and burnt orange and that Texas defense shutting Alabama down that I realized just how scary that man is with weapons at a school like Texas. Gary Patterson is the smartest man in all of college football. I would put almost anything on that. Have you seen him break down film in the coach's room? It's amazing. You give him weapons like he has at Texas where he knows everything you're trying to do. He he knows as soon as you line up, he knows what you're doing. It's just the man knows football. And that's scary. That's really scary. I'm going to take the position a little bit here. I'm going to take UTSA. I'm kind of, I play a lot of those kind of plays but I'm not surprised if they just shut UTSA down. Um, yeah. Gary Patterson on the sideline. He, he's going to be tough for, for everybody that Texas faces. Okay. UCF looking to rebound after their uh, surprising loss to Louisville facing uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, this line is at. It's an eight. I've fired. I fired real money already. This thing's plus eight. I was like, where did it go? Man. I was I was gonna what? ask you, have you put actual money on any of these games this week? Yeah, I yeah. see nine. I see I see nines. Um yeah, there's I some see, nines out there. Yeah, yeah, there's some I see, nines. I say mostly nines, but okay. So you you've got UCF minus eight uh over FAU. I see over under at 63, 62, a couple different options. Uh Daniel, where do you want to go with this? You put real money on it, let's hear it. Yeah, full disclosure, I, I grabbed the 10 when it was available. Uh, very surprised when this line opened. Uh, F, FAU, uh, uh, like high metric team. I had this line closer to like four and a half. I assumed it would open at like five or six. Very surprised to see that 10. It got bet right away. Got the nines. 
Um, I mean, maybe there's eights and nines out there right now. I'm seeing mostly eights, but we got some nines. Uh, Central Florida also in a really bad spot. When when you when you're at home as a big fave and lose straight up, and then you have to go back on the road uh, and, and cover again as more than a touchdown favorite. Like historically, that is such a, a non-profitable spot to be in. So, meaning it's a great spot to fade. Great. So we have a, a good historical sort of fade situation against Central Florida. And then just straight up, I think this line was a little off. I was digging, looking for injury news, anything. Couldn't find it. FAU, take the points all day long. Well, in that case, I'll, I will give you the plus nine because uh, I have it here. Man, this site that we use has it a Central Florida, not UCF, which is called uh, versus FAT. <laughs> F-A-T. Someone put the letters in wrong. No wonder I couldn't find it. Uh, Florida Atlanta plus nine. Uh, Chris. Yeah. I mean, this is tough. I, I definitely defer to Daniel on this play, but efficiency likes UCF in this spot, but there's such little data to work with right now. Like how reliable is that man? Yeah. I'm going to ride with the home team. I think here, this is, I, I don't really like either 63. I, you know what? I'm going to go under, I'm going to do a fourth over under. That's your fifth actually, sir. Okay. Well, then I'll do uh, five. And I'm riding with you. I if this is going to be a close game. I actually don't believe in UCF offense right now. Like they have real issues. Um, I don't believe in John Rice Plumley, and he's expected to be the starter again. I do believe in UCF's defense. I think it's pretty sound. So if I believe in a defense and we believe this is going to be a close game, I'm gonna and your over under is at 63. I will leave on the under as well, sir. So I will ride with you. All right, last pick. Daniel, I know this is a, you got an a, a anniversary dinner to get to, so let's get to our non-Big 12 picks quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time explaining them. Uh, Chris, what you want here this week, bud? We got Coastal Carolina at home against Buffalo. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, there's another game I like a little bit more. I'm going to branch outside of Coastal a little bit. Um, and that is Minnesota. Uh, 27 and a half, roughly. Uh, I haven't shopped that. If you want to look to see if I get something a little bit better, but 27 and a half, uh, against Colorado. And I'm going to take Minnesota at home to know against the spread. Hopefully doesn't look at the cover sheets. <laughs> well, I guess one of those is probably against, uh, a not so much team, but then Colorado has not performed great against TCU or air force. So yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota in the spot. I like them there. God, that's so bad. Uh, I'm going to take one more over under. Uh, I don't trust either team's offense. Both teams seem to have uh, at least a semi-defensive defense. This is a low one, but I'm going to gamble on it anyways. I'm taking under 40 and a half in Cal Notre Dame. I don't like either offense. Notre Dame's favored by 11. That seems ridiculous amount of points to favor Notre Dame in right now. Uh, so, yeah, under 42 and a half in Cal uh, at Notre Dame. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Daniel. I want to say to you two guys, you know, I know you're being polite and getting me to my anniversary dinner, but I like both your picks. I really mean, yeah, Minnesota at home, dude, Colorado, no offense right now. They're in the mud. And then Cal, Notre Dame under two teams just trying to run the ball in cement, man. It's like these guys are (laughs) – I like all the plays there. I'm also going to take an ugly one. I bet real money on this. I I did get a better number. Uh, but it looks like there are still some 39s available. You heard that right from <laughs> the game. Yeah. Uh, we got a border Sicko. war. Yeah, border war. UTEP is going to be at New Mexico uh, Saturday night. 
New Mexico is is now the home uh, to a defensive coordinator, to a man close to my heart, Rocky Long. He is the reason I joined Twitter like eight or nine years ago to to yell at him, to find him, and to to get up his ass about a loss. And uh, and then I never left. It's like, oh, this place is great. He <laughs> never left his ass. All right. <laughs> well, Twitter, but this totals at 39. I'm taking the under here. Uh, just awful paces by both teams. Uh, one okay offense, one absolutely awful offense. I've got a ton of metrics on this under. There's going to be a little bit of wind. Rocky long, a second half under blind is a lock, like with nothing else. If you were just to, to blind bet Rocky long, um, second half unders, you're up. If you're doing a hundred dollars a bet, you're up like $3,000 on his career. It's just crazy how much he just shuts these games down. So 13, 14 mile an hour wins, Rocky long border war, two terrible offenses. You're going to have two teams, uh, not, neither one scoring 21 points. Give it to me. Love it. That that is some sicko mode stuff right there, Daniel. That is that's beautiful. All right. Follow Daniel on Twitter at Danner B7. Happy anniversary to you and your lovely lady. Uh follow Chris at Chris Ross Sports on Twitter. Follow us at 1012 Network T E N, the number 12. The word network on the gram at 1012 Pod. If you got any questions or anything, hit us up on email at 1012 or 1012podcast at gmail.com. Follow every show in the network. Check out Sports Drink. They've got some great stuff, too. Go to Home Field. Go to Prize Picks. We'll be back on Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about. We'll do it then. Podcast Network.